Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Planting Wildflowers podcast. As always, I am so thrilled that you make time to hang out with me. Today, we are we're really in, I, I know I always say this, but today I've really been looking forward to this conversation. Um, I'm someone who, by now you guys get it. I, I like to highlight other individuals and and talk about what it is that they're doing out in the world. I think it's really powerful when we notice that we're in this space where we can learn from other people. I find that to be such a privilege. And today we get to speak with someone who is truly out in the world, influencing the world for good, spending time, not only building her own business, but as she does that is bringing others up along with her. And I am a huge, huge fan of someone who makes that a priority in their life. Someone who is just as eager to grow themselves as they are to shine a spotlight on other people. Let me tell you about today's guest, Jana Short. First of all, she's a renowned global influencer and award-winning mindset coach. She does this in the health and wellness industry. Her credentials are, and we're going to have her explain these so that you really fully appreciate what she's all about, but she is an NLP and an RTT practitioner. She's a best-selling author, a public speaker. She's the host of a podcast called Oh My Health, There Is Hope, and she is the editor over at the Best Holistic Life magazine. She currently works creating online global influencers, teaching her clients to remove the blocks that are holding them back and start that love affair with their potential. And she she does this and gives them maximum exposure as she's teaching them. She's offering them these really unique and rare opportunities. Jana has recently been recognized and featured on the cover of the Los Angeles Entrepreneur Magazine as the number one mindset coach of 2022, the second year in a row, you guys. She uh, has been named Monica Garg's Influential Women of the Women of the World Global Influencers in 2020, Las Vegas Entrepreneurs Magazine Top 25 Entrepreneurs for 2020, and she has had the cover of December's Best Holistic Life Magazine. Jana is getting the message of hope out into the world in a vast way, changing the world with one inspiring story at a time. And we get to hang out with her today on our Planting Wildflowers podcast. Jana, welcome to the show. It is honestly so nice to have you with us. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Like, I can yeah. these amazing things. <laughs> Well, it's uh, it's it's definitely a joy. As I mentioned to you before we went live, I have spent some time digging into the work that you do, and I have I just feel this immediate sense of inspiration from you, and I, it really does thrill me to watch women succeed. But as they succeed, allowing other people to to come along for the ride, so to speak. I don't know how else to phrase it, but that's what, literally what I visualize. And you seem to be on this incredibly beautiful journey where you're allowing that space for your own personal growth. And like I said, allowing the opportunity to exist for other people to learn and grow alongside you. And that's that's powerful. And I really believe it's rare in today's world. So this is going to be great. Let's kick things off first. You are an 
NLP and RTT practitioner. Can you share with us more about what those credentials actually mean? So, of course. So, um, the NLP is a neurolingual um, programming, which is words, like how we receive words, how we deliver words, and what they really mean. Um, RTT is rapid transformational therapy, which is hypnosis. And all hypnosis is like, I always think people are like watching the show where you bark like a dog or you cluck like a chicken when you (laughs) hear a bell. And it's not really like that. It's really getting into a very comfortable, relaxed state and allowing yourself to travel through your mind, through things that you've seen, like little photos that you've seen, heard or done and like see them as an adult. Cause most of the things that have formed us in our life, our current beliefs, how we move forward, the blocks that we have are things we heard and saw as a child, as someone who had no control over what was going on in the situation, may not even have been about you, but you heard it and saw how it affected others. So now it affects you in a way and being able to recognize those things as an adult and knowing I have a lot more power as an adult. It doesn't look that scary. I mean, do you guys remember when you first took your children to see Santa Claus and they clawed at you and scream and cried because it was this big man in red, right? And he's chuckling and you're putting them on their lap and stepping back for the photo. And so it was horrifying for kids, but as an adult, when they're taking their kids, they're, they're actually doing the same thing, (laughs) but they're thinking it's not so scary. Right. So I want you to see how it looks in your life as an adult, those things that maybe were holding you back, that seems super scary or where other people's blocks are not necessarily yours. So that's what RTT and NLP are all about. Fascinating. I, yes, this is the work that you're doing is, is something that is applicable. I'm sure not only in your professional life, but also in your personal life, it's got to be pretty fascinating to, to take these skills and use them in that transferable way. I, I, Oh, I think I could sit and and have a conversation with you every day. In fact, I, I'm feeling pretty sure of it at this moment. It's a great example you gave of Santa Claus too, because I've never really I've never really paused to think about that. It it really is such a traumatic thing for a child, and I think we as the parents, when we when we are in that moment, putting our child on Santa Claus's lap, in this example, we we're wondering why are they crying? You know, why every year we bring them to see this, you know, this man and every year we have these photos of them, they're crying their eyes out and it makes perfect sense. It really is um, a jarring experience when you look at it through the eyes of the child. I, I remember when I was doing all my training for NLP and RTT, um, I remember my first thought of my mom betraying me. And it was so weird because I went back all the way to my very first vaccine and my mom holding me down by the time when I was a child, my uncle was my pediatrician. And here's my uncle that I love, like causing me harm. And my mom holding me in place while I was screaming and the look in her eyes. Like, I remember that was my first time that I felt my mom betrayed me. Like she gave me up (laughs) to suffer pain. Right. Even though now as an adult, I look at it as an adult, like my mom was keeping me healthy. She was doing what she had to do to help me thrive. But as a kid, you see your mom holding you down, like giving you over to something that's causing you harm. And I remember after that, like that started that little thread of distrust in her as a mom and daughter. So I know that when we're raising our kids, we're like, I never did anything to you. I was always honest. I loved you. What's wrong? But there's these little things that they see 
as children that are embedded in them. Like you, you did this to me, you went to work and left me and I didn't want you to go. Like there's these little teeny wedges that we build that we're not even aware as children, they see as a different, you know, like as an abandonment or us choosing to love work (laughs) over them, which is not the case. But when they grow up and have kids of their own, remember that old statement, wait till you have kids of your own, you'll get it. They do, by the way, (laughs) they absolutely do get it at that point. Yeah, it all clicks. Perspective is, it's everything. And even within yourself, your perspective changes so much at different points of your life. I can totally say where this is, um, how things begin and how, when we look back and how we reflect on the different experience of our childhood, we can better understand why we think the things we do as adults, you know, why we are the people that we are. This, um, this it's an exciting field. No, no question. I am very curious about another aspect of you from a personal standpoint, and that is your backstory, how you came to be where you are today. I, I read your story, but I wondered if you would take a moment and, and paint the picture for the planting wildflowers audience, because it is so it blows my mind, first of all, and yet there are aspects of it that are just so relatable. You will make sure that we share where we can follow along with you, of course, and I hope people will visit your website because you post a before and after photo beside the story, your your backstory, and it honestly gave me chills because it is just, it, it's It's the story of so many people of how we have an opportunity to completely shift our lives. I'll turn the microphone over to you, but I just wanted you to know, like, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my goodness, this woman has done the 180. Thank you. You know what, by the way, I love sharing my story because I honestly feel our stories are these beautiful gifts. And when we share them, it's like putting out a heartbeat, right? It's going to connect to someone. It may give one person hope to get through another hour or another day. But in my story, I was an interior designer. It's what I went to school for. And I was an interior designer here in Los Angeles. And I had built a very big business and a large, you know, big name for myself. And I remember thinking what success looked like for me then was I drove a very expensive car. I lived in a very expensive house. I had the Louis Vuitton shoes and the Chanel bag. And when I got out of my car to meet a new client, I knew they saw me, they were going to think success and they were hiring me. That was in my head. And that really wasn't what they were hiring me for. And that really wasn't success, but that's what my vision of it was until I was 50. (laughs) And then when I got to be 50, I had a little hyenal hernia. Everybody gets these, by the way, as you get older, it's super common, but mine had twisted. And when it twists, it can't get the blood flow properly. So what happens is a tissue dies and it opens up and then stomach contents go out into your body and cause you to get septic, which can be fatal. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to do this little surgery to correct it. And I had the surgery. I went home And um, I remember my relationship with food had changed and I started looking pregnant after a couple of months and people would come up and say, congratulations on the new baby. And I would be, (laughs) thank you. Cause I'm in my fifties. So thank you for thinking I'm still having babies, but I'm not pregnant. (laughs) And I remember every time I ate, I would tell my husband, who's a doctor, he's a veterinarian. My ex-husband was an internist. And I remember them telling me, 
that um, I, like, I feel like food's poisoning me. Every time I eat, I'm miserable. I, I'm in pain. I feel sluggish. I don't feel like I can breathe right. My heart's beating really fast. Something's not right. And why do I look pregnant? Well, I ended up in the emergency room um, in just so much pain that I finally went in. And by the way, I was paying attention to my health. My doctors kept just saying I had a um, bleeding ulcer and they were treating me for a bleeding ulcer, which I did not have. I had a, what they call a beezer, which was a mass in my stomach. And it was food because what had happened when I had that surgery is they damaged my vagus nerve. So for those of you who don't know what your vagus nerve is, it's the connection between your brain and your gut. And it's like your spinal cord, but it's that nerve that runs down your digestive tract, your esophagus, and it sends all the signals. This is what you're supposed to do. Well, it was kind of paralyzed for me. So food would go into my stomach and stay. Your stomach is pretty miraculous. It'll just keep expanding <laughs> as you're eating and nothing's really exiting. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. So I looked pregnant. I felt miserable. And their solution for this, they call it gastroparesis. When your stomach doesn't work, it's like paralyzed. It's called gastroparesis. And their solution for me was to completely remove my stomach, to have a radical gastrectomy. And the plan was I would eat through a, a tube, a pick line, and I would eat something called TPM, which is all, if, if, by the way, in that after picture or before picture, I literally have the machine hidden because I carried it on a backpack behind wow. my back that was feeding me this, this TPN, which is all synthetic. I'm super grateful for it is what people who are in comas survive on, right? They're being fed through a, a, a intravenously this TPN, but it's synthetic. And my body said, hell no. So my organs started shutting down. So after two months in the hospital, <laughs> they're, they're like, there's nothing. And getting septic. The one thing I was trying to avoid was that dehissing. Well, when they removed my stomach, it dehissed and I became septic. And so I literally was like near death for literally weeks. Then as I started getting my strength back, the, they came to me and said, look, the TPN is not good for your body. It's saying no, and your organs are shutting down. And we think you have about two or three weeks of, you know, left. Do you want to be here? We'll make you comfortable. Or would you like to go home? Two or I three weeks of life. Yes. Because your, my organs were rapidly shutting down. I was malnourished. My nails were falling out of the bed, my nail beds, my hair was falling out. And I'm like, I didn't come in sick. <laughs> like, this is crazy to me. I just want to go home. And like my husband, I know he's a veterinarian, but he knows enough about medicine to make sure I'm taking my medication, you know, that I'm getting what I need. And I came home and here's the miracle part, right? Here's where your brain is so powerful. I had been at the hospital for my fifth grandson's birth. Mm -hmm. And I went into the hospital for the surgery a, a couple of days later. And nine weeks later, I'm at home on my bed. And my daughter brings this beautiful new grandson for me to see. And I remember thinking, how will he have one memory of me? I know that my business was super important to me, but I'm dying. And all I want is a memory. I want a memory with this beautiful grandson of mine. The others were a little older, so they would remember little things like maybe what it sounded like when we laughed or, you know, the littlest things. How do I create something with someone who's nine weeks old? And I got on my computer and I typed in the words desperate for health answers and holistic options. And this whole world opened up to me. 
I'm a very educated woman. How do I not know about holistic medicine? How do I not know about breathing and meditation and nutrition? Like I knew like to eat right, but we grew up with the pyramid, right? <laughs> and so all I knew was like pyramid eating, which is not even really good for you <laughs> anymore, but I didn't know how to give nutrients into my body. And I started learning about all these amazing things. I always tell people this internet is a scary place and you have to be smart. If it sounds too good to be true, it most likely is. And you have to be aware, like be a smart researcher and consumer. Having said that, where can I be laying in my deathbed where I'm too sick to get up? Type in those words to my computer and extend my reach around the world and connect with people. And I wanted to know how to help others do that. I wanted to know how to get the people who felt hopeless that were like thinking there was no other options. I'm just going to tell you a minute, just for a second, what that felt like to me, Mm -hmm. it felt like I had been given a death sentence by a court and the judge put that gavel down and I'm surrounded by guards. Like I'm looking for an escape route. Right. And I can just feel the anxiety. Like, how is this happening? I'm still really young. I'm like, I think at this point I was 51 in the hospital. Um, and my kids celebrated my birthday. They wheeled me out onto the grass and then back up to the ICU. But, um, I remember thinking how, how do I create that memory? You know, I'm, being marched to the gas chamber and there's no escape route. And I just felt like I felt hopeless. I felt hopeless, desperate, and it was not a good time for me or a good space. And I know there's other people who feel that way, but what if there were hope for you? What if a lot of the hope is between these beautiful ears of yours? You just changed that thought process. I did not think I would be here 10 years later. Honestly, I don't even know why I'm here 10 years later, except for maybe to keep putting this message out into the world and creating this change. And if you ask me now what success looks like, it's creating that beautiful memory with my grandson. It's like creating all these memories, connecting with someone and leaving them feeling excited or joy from having a few moments, you know, of that conversation and thinking, I could, I can do this. Like I got this. Those are what are important to me now and getting that message out into the world because the changes that we make, this change isn't just for me. It's for my kids, for my grandkids. It's a generational change when people can understand that what our thought process is like I, my diagnosis didn't change. My stomach didn't grow back. I still have problems every day getting nutrients into my body, but I do it. And I'm grateful that I have that opportunity, but that mindset that changed for me was everything. And moving forward, it like helped me open the doors for others. It has helped me shine a light on people's stories that are so beautiful. When I, I started hearing other people's stories, I was like, gosh, my wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> I like, how do you do it? And they start telling me their stories and it inspires me to get out and do more. So I really do think that together we're stronger. And sometimes those stories that you might be ashamed of, like I know that I tell people during my podcast and in my story that I was a mom at 17. I got pregnant at 16. I went to college with a baby on my hip. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to pay tuition thinking, how am I going to feed her and pay the rent? But I, it happened. And I did it. And now that daughter of mine had just turned 43 and she's also a doctor. She's a doctor of natural medicine. So like, I, I am inspired that I showed up as a mom. I made all the mistakes moms make (laughs) and some, and yet I raised a beautiful human being who's creating change in the world. So I am super excited that, that she's got her journey, but I tell people that story all the time because I want them to know if they're a single mom, they can go to college 
They can do whatever they want. Will it be hard? Hell yeah, it'll be hard. It's mm-hmm. hard when you're going to college and you don't have a baby on your hip. Or people would ask me about just recently, someone said, oh, do you remember prom? I didn't go. I couldn't get a babysitter. <laughs> and I like live my truth because it's led me. All those things have led me right here where I'm supposed to be. And so all those things that are happening in your life that you are maybe ashamed of or think like I could have done better you have opportunities to do better. And all those things that you've been through have led you right here. And what you do with them right now is the only thing that matters. So that is how I got here, a little bit of my story and why it's so important for me to like shine a light on those people. So people who are sick, who are scared, who feel hopeless can find that help that they need. And through social media. So powerful. Your story is... (sighs) I mean, I, I, I never wish hard times on people, but I really do recognize that hard times are, they're by design. They're meant for us to, to grow from, and they're meant for us to create an awareness. And what I love about the way you shared that with us, it is so evident in every piece of the story. And I know that there's lots of layers to it and we can't get into all of it, but what you did share, every piece of it is layered with gratitude. You are completely aware of the situations that you've been in. And instead of, and maybe you did go through the woe is me phase. However, you at some point found the courage you recognize that hopeful feeling and you found that courage and you took one more step, one more step in front of you, regardless of what the the difficult situation was. I'm very curious when you described being in the hospital bed and, and being given, um, you know, a, a very grim prognosis and you decide that you're going to type in those few key words and search on Google and you receive all of this information back, you must have felt a little bit of a sense of, of overwhelm thinking, whoa, like this is, there are all of these things that are available to me. Where do I even begin? Do I start with food? Do I start with this? Do I start with you mentioned meditation of which I'm a huge fan of what, where do I go first and how do I build upon that? Can I ask you what your decision on that was like where you took it the very first step? I know a lot of people in troubling situations, we love to know that there's a happy ending, but we also need to know what was the very first step towards that happy ending. So for me, um, Honestly, I feel God's hand in this whole thing for me. Like everything was presented to me at just the right time for me to receive it. And at some point when you're that desperate, somebody could have been literally selling chicken poo from their backyard, from their roosters or whatever, and said, you need to rub this all over your face and sleep in it. I would have tried anything. I was that desperate to make that moment with my grandson. So for me, that first, the first thing was to find someone I trusted right? Because there's so many people out there. It's like the wild, wild west online and people roll out of bed and they're going to be a nutritionist or a homeopath doctor. And they're not like, they're not those things. And for those people who are doing that, you're causing harm. Even if that harm is we distrust when we do see that actual opportunity in our face, we can't trust it because we've been duped so many times. 
But for me, it was finding trust and it was that beautiful grandson. Let me tell you, I, I'm going to talk about essential oils just for a second. I don't usually talk about product, but that was my first experience into something that helped me. And it was because I decided to create a memory with my grandsons. And um, I went with some family, which is where that picture for the before and after is taken. And um, I wanted to say goodbye to my family. So I went on this little trip and my grandson had colic and it was bad. It was like so bad. He screamed the whole time. And all I kept thinking was, this is not the kind of memory I wanted to make. And this has been horrible for him. But someone came to me with some lavender oil and said, hey, can we put some lavender oil on his belly? I think it will help. And of course, like, what is it? I just want to make sure I'm doing him no harm because my precious little grandson, they're like, it's just lavender oil. They rolled this little lavender oil on his belly. And I'm not kidding you. In a matter of minutes, I watched him from a screaming fetal position, relax, take that sigh and his arms fall back. Mm. And I'm like, he can't fake that. What was that? What is that? And so I asked to learn more about this oils and they brought someone over to talk to me about these oils. And I remember they had other people there and they were talking about, yeah, it helped my baby's rash. Yeah. It helped with my heartburn. And I'm all I could think was, I don't have heartburn or baby rash. I'm dying. Like I can't put any nutrients in my body. Like my hair, I've got big bald spots coming out. Like what's happening. This isn't going to help me. And the, the girl who was educating, I was really blessed to have her in the room because she recognized that in me and walked over and started asking me questions and gave me these little sample bottles. She didn't ask me for money. She just gave me some sample bottles, said, take these home, try them use this, like, I think I use peppermint oil and I used, um, uh, like citrusy oils, anything to help stimulate my digestive juices and help. I'm telling you today I eat whatever I want. My stomach did not grow back. I do. I throw up multiple times a day because my body just rejects most of the food, but I get enough nutrients in to thrive. I'm literally thriving in my sixties now. And so I tell people all the time, like it didn't change anything. I had to experiment a lot. I added one thing at a time. So then I added in like meditation. I started journaling, which was very therapeutic for me, but I didn't journal to get things out. I journaled because I didn't know how long I was going to be here. And I had so much to tell my family, like things that they may have perceived me as being disappointed in them. I wanted to tell them how proud I was that maybe they got in trouble for talking back to a teacher, but they found their voice. And now they've learned how to use their voice in a more respectful way, right? At the right time. But that was that first moment that they got in trouble for. Yet a part of me was like, I'm so proud of you for standing up for yourself. But I wanted them to see all those things. So I started journaling and getting things out. And I will tell you, there was a shift in my mind. Like there was a shift to survive and to not just survive, but to thrive. And I woke up every day telling myself, this is a beautiful day. You're so lucky to be here. What are we going to do? How are we going to experience this? How are you going to give back? And it just started growing from there and it became super powerful and overwhelmed me. I tell people every day I wake up, my heart is full of joy. I never think that this might be my last day. I live like this might be my last day, but I'm here. I'm here for a reason. What am I going to do to make a change? And how do I get the message out to more people? Um, we talked at the very beginning before we started recording about 
collaborating with people. I built this business on collaborating with other people. The business I was in before I competed, I was a woman competing against other women and I would make them look bad. I would do whatever it did to make me look better. And I am ashamed for that part of my life because that is not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to grab everyone we can and keep lifting them with us. And I will tell you, I built my magazine to over 438,000 subscribers in under 18 months because of lifting other women, because of giving other people a platform to share their beautiful stories, to educate in their zone of genius, to share their messages. That just became huge for me. And it's going to make me literally cry when I think of the growth of those women, because we've connected with each other and started sharing instead of competing. So there might be five fitness coaches in the fitness issue. And those women were referring to each other and collaborating and joining, you know, together their businesses. And they started growing because of that. And that inspired me to keep collaborating, to keep sharing, because I believe when we're together, we're more powerful. Our message becomes louder. It's like an amplifier. And so that is like, for me, that is like a goal is to see as many of you connect with each other, literally support each other. I don't know what it is about. You put three women in a room and all of a sudden two of them one. <laughs> it's always been the case, but why, why is it that way? You can do men. They don't do that. It's just women that feel men will put you in your place and women will compete with you. And I don't know why it is that that case, because we shouldn't, we don't have to, there is room for all of us to be immensely successful. And all of that starts between those beautiful ears of yours, like how we change our thought process and we really start sharing things in a, a truly from our heart, things start to change. So incredible. And I'm with you. I believe that there is always an opportunity to highlight or call somebody out uh, in, in a positive way and allow your referral or recommendation of them, allow that opportunity to offer someone else a little bit of trust. Because if someone trusts you, you have a relationship with an audience or a a person one-on-one, whatever the case may be, and you give your tip of the hat to another woman or another person in general, it's not that the person who received the referral necessarily immediately will gravitate to them, but it will stand out to them that, well, well, if Jana trusts them and I trust her and I had, you know, she has the no like, and trust factor already from me, this person she's recommending must be pretty terrific. So I'll at least lean in and listen, or I'll at least take a look. That's the power we have as women. And I think you're right. We don't often recognize it enough, this opportunity that we have to lift one another. And in doing so, you don't give anything away. It doesn't take away from anything in your own individual experience. It has the exact opposite effect. And this is something I feel like we we really grow into. It's certainly not something I've known my whole life. I've only maybe in the past decade really began to realize that the more you spend time lifting others, it creates a, an expansion. So you become an even better version because you have this willingness to see the good in others and connections can be formed and, and, and all of that kindness, all of that is something that is reciprocated back to you, maybe not in the exact same form, 
but it does reward you in some way. Although that's not the intention. You don't do it for the reward. You are rewarded in some, in some way. So I love that you share that. Can you, can you give us specifics on how you do in fact, call attention? So I know you share stories of other people and those stories are so powerful and loaded with hope which is, I think, the primary ingredient for what this world needs today and always. How exactly do you support them in sharing their message? So I'm so glad you asked me that. So this actually started because I'm super lazy. <laughs> and I'm just going to be really honest that, that it, it didn't, wasn't this brain boom for me. It was like I was lazy and I was trying to find a shortcut. But um, I, I had been asked as when I was coaching, um, I've been, I was asked many times, can you do a letter, a newsletter? We'd love to have tips, you know, on how to build our social media. How do we connect? How do we, you know, go out in public speak? And I didn't want to do it because I didn't have any time, but I started thinking like, wait, I'm doing a podcast and I have so many incredible connections with these, all these genius women what if I ask them to do a short article and I put those short articles in my newsletter and it started blowing up. And then all these women started saying, Hey, I want to be in your newsletter. And the articles got bigger. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I had like a hundred of them. I'm like, what am I going to do? I can't send a newsletter out with a hundred articles. So I'm like, I can make a quick little magazine. Right. So I started with my very first magazine in 2019. I think we had like 50 or 60 pages of articles from these amazing people. I had at the time, maybe 8,000 emails in my email list. I have 438,000 emails because of collaborating with these women. I didn't charge them for their articles for the first year. Nobody was charged. I footed that bill on creating that. It grew to over a hundred pages and I capped out at a hundred pages because I was creating the magazine myself on Canva and you can only do a hundred pages. And I only did digital for maybe the first three articles. And people kept saying, we want this in hard. We want a print copy. So I'm like, I will show you that that is not going to work, but it worked. So now we do, we release now um, in print, digital, and in Kindle. But the way it worked then was now I do charge for articles, but here's what I do. I charge people who want to write regularly for me. They want to write in their zone of genius. So you're a fitness coach and you want to do fitness tips all year round. Fitness tips in January, February, March, leading back to who you are, your programs. Um, we do charge for that. But for the very first article, the half the magazine, I will never, ever, ever sell. I go on Instagram. I go on TikTok. I go on um, not so much Facebook. I go on LinkedIn. And I look for people who are educating the world in their zone of genius. They're not just educating. They have some education backing them. Like they've gone and got certified or they're very specifically trained in what they're doing. And then I look at how they're connecting with their clients. Are they answering them? Are they showing up or does nobody live on their Instagram page, right? They're just posting, getting all of these leads and not showing up. And when I see them interacting, I know that they're a gem. I know that they are exactly the kind of person I want to highlight. And I'll reach out to them in a private DM. Half the time they don't think it's real or they think I'm trying to sell them something. I meet with every single person face-to-face on Zoom and I want to know 
because again, NLPRTT, I read body language. I want to know that they're real, that they, they have this passion behind them. I ask them their story. They always have a really powerful story about why they're doing what they're doing. And then I invite them to do a free article and they do a free article and we highlight them in that article. I invite them on the podcast. Our podcast right now has a wait list till November of 2022. So it has like gone crazy. And we're releasing three times a week because I can't do it fast enough. So um, they'll come on a podcast. They'll share their story. Um, They write in the magazine and we promote the heck out of them. Here's what I ask them in return. And this is where the collaboration part comes in. There's no fee to you, but here's what I want you to do. For the first two weeks of the release of this article, I want you to promote your article. You don't promote anyone else but yourself. And I want you to tag me When you tag me, I have a very unique, beautiful team that grabs that tag and sends it out to anyone who's ever written to us. And they promote it on their site because they understand the power of collaborating with these other amazing writers. They set it out on their site and everyone gets extended and extended, which is how I grew my email and subscription so fast is all these beautiful women promoting themselves and just giving us a shout out. Hey, I promoted myself today. I tagged you in it. My team sees a tag. They pass that tag on to all the hundreds of people who have written for us. We have celebrity writers, um, athlete writers. We have doctors. We have major influencers write for us. And they're all like, heck yeah, we'll promote that. You promoted us when we wrote our article. And so they promote each other. So that's one of the ways I shine a light on them is by putting them in the magazine. When their article comes out, we all like promote their article and their beautiful message out into the world. So that is how I am now promoting people. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I think it is genius because what what I continue to hear in your messaging is connection. Of course, that's obvious, but I love the word amplify. I really believe that when you are going to go to the effort to do something, you should look for the opportunity to extend your reach always. And in your situation where you have had collaboration, powerful collaborations, and, and people have been given this beautiful opportunity to share the stage that you're providing them with. And, and then all of the others who have also been in that similar situation partner and share and, you know, continue to pass the baton of information throughout their organizations and through their networks of people. That same level of effort that the original person extended has now just been amplified to so many, so many people and everyone benefits literally you who this is your business and the individuals who are being given the opportunity and the recipients of the information, the readers, it's just such a beautiful full circle experience for everyone. I I think this is really a genius way to offer services and and grow yourself at the same time. It's really very powerful. It has to feel very rewarding, I imagine. Can I tell you, it is more than rewarding. Like, honestly, I know that people, I hear back from people, oh my goodness, I read so-and-so's article. It really helped with my dad recovering, you know, from PTSD or like, it's just amazing to know that these messages are changing people's lives. And again, it's a generational change. So I, I'm super proud of that magazine and I'm super proud of anyone who submits an article. So here's what we're looking for, for those of you who are listening. Yes, you too could have a free article, but here's what we're looking for. You have to, um, well, 
have a couple of rules. You cannot make any curative claims or diagnoses ever. I don't care what your skill set is. We have surgeons, we have neuro, neuro doctors. You cannot make any curative claims or diagnoses because a zebra might walk in and what's good for most people may not be good for them. And we always want to do no harm. We want you to always write in your zone of genius. We really don't sell product. So if you're selling a pen and this pen, everybody has to have this pen to survive life. We're not going to promote that pen. But if you want to tell everybody about your story with this pen and how it changed your life, we absolutely would promote that. We want to promote your books, your programs, your social media. Um, We want you to become this beautiful influencer in the space. And we just want you to write in your zone of genius. What's a golden nugget you can reach out and share with all of our readers that might change like what they're doing in their world. So we're always looking for writers. They always have to meet with me. I literally book a call with every single person that writes for me just so that I can make sure they understand what we're looking for. Um, I explain to them, like, we want you to promote yourself for the first two weeks and tag us. I give them all the information and make sure they're on board. And then I send them the links to submit their articles. Phenomenal. That's incredibly, incredibly generous. I hope that if you have an area where you, you know, within yourself that you are expert and you have that giving spirit and you have the ability to write that you would consider you're here listening to this podcast right now. I have every reason to believe this message was intended to land right on your lap. So don't ignore this universe nudge, please take it for what it's it's meant and, uh, and do something with it. That's a really, it's a really special thing to have discovered something like we're discovering together today with Jana. Let's talk about your podcast. You mentioned that you have, you're, you're turning out podcasts very, very regular, regularly, three times a week. As you mentioned, you are, have obviously a captive audience and you have people who are really wanting to use their voice for good. Can I ask you, when it comes to the podcast, are they also, is it similar to the writing? Are they sharing an educational piece or are they using the time with you to share a personal story about their victory over whatever? So I would say the latter. So I wrote a book called, Oh, My Health, There Is Hope, and it became a bestseller in I think it was under two weeks, but here's the thing. When I had to write my own book, it was hard. Like, I don't know if any of you've written books, but it's hard. <laughs> and I wrote for months and you know what? I had like a solid chapter and that was it. And I didn't really want to go into all that detail at the beginning of my journey. And I thought I, again, I know these women I've met. I always ask, what's your story? Why are you doing this? Like what inspired you? And some of those stories were so moving to me. I reached out and asked other people to contribute their stories and it became a bestseller. And I didn't want to stop telling stories. I knew that our stories are our superpower. We were giving these, what at the time were very painful journeys for a reason. And we came out on the other side doing whatever we're doing. So when they come on the podcast, the very first thing I ask is to share their story of hope. And they almost every single time that story of hope has led into 
while they're, why they're serving the way they are right now, why they are motivated and passionate about who they're helping and who they're serving. So um, I definitely love sharing those stories. I think they're empowering. And I think when you hear a story and you're in a not so great place and you hear just a normal person has done this miracle thing, you're like, I can do that. Why can't I do that? And it gives you maybe that strength to move forward and take that next day, take that next hour, whatever that looks like for you. So when they come on the show, they share their story of hope. And then we talk about what they're doing now and how they're serving the world because of that story. Incredible. In our show notes, we will be sharing all of the ways that you can access these incredible platforms that Jana is offering to the world. I, I ha- I'm really curious about something, Jana, you have, you've done so much and I'm assuming that prior to your health issues, you know, when you had that, when you spent that time in the hospital and life was not looking overly positive, you were a different person prior to that experience, a very different person, I imagine, because these experiences really do shape who we are currently in your close network or your one of your inner circles, did you find that people became uncomfortable with who, with the person that you became? I often talk with female entrepreneurs and as they step into the person that they were always meant to be, you know, whether it was a smooth path for them or whether they had to endure hardships the way you did, they nevertheless became a different person. And sometimes that can create these interesting dynamics, specifically with, I, I have found recently in, in conversation with other women, with the people we're closest to. And I wonder if that is also something that you experienced No, (laughs) I did not experience that because um, my business before was pretty cutthroat. Um, I don't think that I was very kind sometimes in the way that I maybe did things. And looking back, I wish I could take those years back and be who I am now. Um, But bringing close to death really wakes you up on how it's important to behave. And so I'm going to talk about being an influencer for just a second. For those of you who want to be an influencer, you already are. If you have kids, you're influencing those beautiful little children that you're raising and to become, you know, creative, helpful, kind adults. Um, If you're married, you're influencing your husband a little bit. If you're working at anything, you're influencing those people around you that you work with. You're already an influencer. I was already an influencer, but I wasn't very proud of the influence I was putting out into the world. I'm the same kind of influencer a different style, right? I'm an influencer now, maybe on a much bigger scale than I was before. And I was pretty big before, but now my influence is literally part of my soul going out there. It's, I know that the change that I'm making is a good change. And I don't have people leaving, feeling bad about themselves. Like I could chew somebody out at work for not ordering the right color palette. And like, who cares? It's a color palette. We'll get it. It'd just be a day later. But at the time it wasn't. And I would chew them out. I know that they would leave feeling bad about themselves. And I look back 
just horrified at that was who I was. Now I realize it doesn't really matter. None of that matters. My influence and the way I influence people now is more of a heart and soul thing than a time thing or you look bad thing. And I read this book about, I don't even remember what astronaut it was. It was one of the astronauts. It might've been Jaeger. He crashed a plane in the desert, a test plane that he was testing out. And of course, he survived. He, you know, ejected from, but still, multi-million dollar plane goes down. And it was because somebody fueled it with the wrong fuel. And the next time he came in to fly a plane, he looked for the guy. They're military. They're not going to fire you. They're just going to discipline you. <laughs> and he looked for the guy who fueled his plane and pointed him out and said, "You over here," and brought him over to him and says, "You're fueling my plane." He goes, "Um, you know, I fueled the last one." <laughs> He goes, I know. And I'm, if anybody's ever going to not make that mistake again, it would be you. You're probably going to check it 10 times. I don't want anyone else feeling my plane, but you. And so he took a situation where somebody felt as a failure and completely like they can never do it again to the point where I'm the best at this because I already made the worst mistake possible. I promise you, I will never make that mistake again. And so he like changed that whole situation for that guy. And I want to be that person who changes those negative situations, right? That has you looking, yeah, that horrible thing happened, but what's good about that? Like what, what can you change? And I had someone one time say, well, I lost my dad. Like it was horrifying. And it was this and that. How do you get over losing your dad and turn that into a positive. The positive is the time you did have with him. Like, what are those beautiful memories? What's in you right now that you can look at and say, wow, that's my dad. <laughs> like I do things now that I would said, have said, oh my gosh, when I'm a mom, I'm never doing that. Then I see myself doing it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm doing on my mom. Right. So we have those beautiful things for that, whatever that length of time is that we have them inside of us. And uh, that's what I want to do is put that beautifulness inside of everyone so that they can see the beauty of their mistakes. By the way, there is no mistakes. I call those feedback. Like I want all that feedback. If I can't succeed at something, I use all that feedback. So when I go back to try again, I do better. So I love the feedback that we get. I, I, this did not all happen overnight. And there were a million feedback. <laughs> getting to the, and there's going to be a million more, but now I look at them as, Oh, I'm so glad that happened. Like, I'm so glad that happened so that we don't do that. So um, I've learned a lot through the process and so will you. And if you're looking to be an influencer, I promise you, you already are. So make sure that what you're putting out in the world is something you really want to go generation to generation to generation. What a beautiful piece of advice. I'm just looking over at my whiteboard. That is the one thing that I do not wipe off at the end of the day. I have my little list of things that I like to accomplish, but the thing that remains on the board at the end of each day so that I can come into my office and see it the first thing. And it says, put beautiful work into the world. And that's really that that's the top priority, whatever that, whatever shape that takes throughout the day remains to be seen, but the intention is always to put something something beautiful out there. I love, I love that you share this opportunity with people. How profound. Now I know that our time is coming to an end. It always whizzes by so darn fast, but I do want to make sure that we know how to follow along with you. But before we get to that, I'm really curious about, I know you have more than one grandchild, but your grandson that you reference 
as being brand new at the time that you experience this transitional time in your life? Where is he at and what's he doing right now? What's he all about? I have seven now and they're, they're not babies. Two of them are driving, Wow! (laughs) but he's 10 now and he is amazing. And by the way, we, when I got well, I gave a, got away from um, possessions, right? Um, I've, I've always been very blessed and having what I need, right? I've never been hungry. I've never needed a roof over my head. I've been very blessed. And I recognize that. But I asked my grandkids the first year I was, well, what do you want for Christmas? What did we give you last year? They didn't remember. Mm-hmm. And I decided we are not giving gifts. We're giving memories. So we create a ton of memories with them. So last year we took them to no, the year before we took them to New York, all seven grandkids and their parents there was 14 of us. And we just explored New York and, you know, did all the, the museums and all the fun stuff. And now when I ask him, what'd you get last year for Christmas? It's like, Oh, we did the beach. Remember? And the cousins all got to come and we did this fun thing on the bikes, but now it's just full of memories. And I'm telling you, if you're killing yourself on gifts, find one gift that you want to give them one gift that they actually want, but mostly give them a gift of a beautiful memory. Because when you're gone, they won't remember what you gave them in 20. 21 as a Christmas gift, but they will remember that beautiful memory when you're gone. So we invest now in memories. That beautiful grandson is doing amazing. I tell him you're my, my, my real story, like why I survived. And so don't disappoint me. (laughs) There's no way they could ever disappoint me. No matter what they did, I would love them forever, but he was my story. And he's very special to me because I feel like we've grown, you know, so much in those 10 years together. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so grateful to you for sharing a little bit about them with us. And I love that tip of creating memories versus things I've seen on social media just recently. I think people are starting to think about the holidays and what they'll do. And, you know, with things opening up a little bit more this year, there's this opportunity to gather and I I really hope we don't jump back into that big pitfall of things. I hope we hear what you've just said. It's the memories. If anything, last year taught us when we couldn't get together, last year taught us how the importance and the relevance of those moments, how what a big deal it actually is. And it doesn't have to be enormous or extravagant. It just has to be with the right people. It is just so, so very meaningful. And I love that you bring that to our attention. I have been completely enthralled in this conversation. I could spend so much more time with you. You are a beautiful soul. I love the transformation that you've experienced. I love the fact that you have this mindfulness associated with all of these different elements of your life and that you gift them to other people. I think legacy is such a big thing. And and when you can impart wisdom to other people, all groups of people, I really believe that that is just such a phenomenal gift that you're giving to the entire world because it doesn't just land with that individual that you're speaking to or spending the time with. That ripples out because they affect the people in their lives. And it's just this continuation. So I am so thankful for the time that we've spent together. I want to make sure that we all know how to continue to follow with you. Where are the best places to find you? And if we have interested influencers or influencers to be out there, how do they get in touch with you, Jenna? Of course. So if you want to find my personal page, it's janashort.com. 
but you can go get a free subscription to the magazine at best holistic life magazine. Just click on free subscription and, and you'll get it delivered every month to your, to your email box. And um, for those of you who think that you might want to write for me, we would love to invite you in to do that. You can either DM me at best holistic life on Instagram, or you can just send me a message on either one of the websites, or you can email me at janashort.com and say, look, I heard you on the podcast and I would love to be considered to write um, an article. We would love to share you. Incredible. What a beautiful, generous opportunity for so many people. I know some great individuals out there that I really hope are listening to this. This is your nudge, friends. Jana, again, thank you so much for the time that you've spent with us today. It's exciting to speak with you and, and learn your story and see where you're taking others. It's just been, it's been a powerful conversation and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Okay, everyone, until we meet again, you know that I always wish you health and happiness. Please come back and hang out with us. I I look forward to these moments where we can be in connection with one another and talk with really extraordinary people. Take good care of yourselves and others. See you guys later. 